Well, good morning, Thrive Church. Glad that everybody is here this morning. If you are a guest this morning, my name is Pastor Sheldon Miles. I'm the lead pastor of this awesome church, and I hope that you're having an, an incredible worship experience with us this morning. So we're going to do, do you a favor here. If I could just ask you to take all your sticky communion cups, and we could just go ahead and pass them to the center. We're going to have our ushers come and, and collect those, uh, those communion cups for you so that you don't have to worry about them spilling or anything. Uh, we're just glad that you're here this morning. I want to welcome all those in the 715 area code who are watching us online. And we want you to know if you're watching us online here in the house, it is a little bit toasty. How many of you know it's a little bit toasty this morning? want you to know we had a new uh, heating unit put in, and we've discovered that our heating unit, yes, thank you very much for your, your faithfulness to make that happen. Yes, but there has just been a miscommunication with the thermostat and our heating unit because our thermostat says that the heat is off, but it's very much on this morning, and so we're, we hope to get that resolved this week, so that's why we have the open doors. We're trying to help with that, but uh, we are still going to have church, and you just do one of these here, and, and what we'll We'll have a, a great service this morning. I just want to re remind you that next Sunday, everybody say next Sunday, I've been talking about this here, that we are going to take a one-day offering, one day to feed the world. We, we work with a ministry called Convoy of Hope. Convoy of Hope is making a difference all around the world in Ukraine, some of these hurricanes that we are facing, I and mean, they are right on. And I just want you to know that you have the ability to make the difference in people's lives, your one day. And here's our challenge for you. We did this last year and with great success, and I know it is a challenge, but I'm going to ask you that you would pray about next Sunday giving one day of your wages to make a difference in the world. Okay, one day of your wages. And next week, we're gonna take a one-day offering. Are we able to do that, Michael? Are we able to, to, to see that, a little bit about what that? No, okay, we're having a few technical difficulties here, but I wanna encourage you, uh, please be in prayer about this, and uh, we'll see what God has for us next week. All right, I want you to know today's message was inspired by an author that I, re I read his name is Craig Rochelle, just talking on the battlefield of the mind. And I hope to do a sermon series on just the battle that we face in our mind. How many of you, you know, sometimes it's a real battle that goes on up there, or is it just me? I feel like it's just me. Okay, well, well we, all, we all have a battle that goes on. And so I was inspired by a message that he gave on this. But I want to continue on in the sermon series called Identity. And we're discovering who we really are in Christ. You see, if you are in Christ today, what that means is that one day you surrendered your life to Jesus. You invited him in to be the Lord and Savior of your life, and it changed you. You decided, no longer am I living my life without Christ. I am living my life in Christ. If you are living in Christ, raise your hand right now. Give a shout out to Jesus for living this life. It's life-changing. And so what happens is our identity changed. Our identity changed. You see, a lot of times we, we fall into this lie, even as Christ followers, those who are in Christ, we, we think that our identity is found in our age, in our gender, what we do, what we've accomplished. 
The, the paper, maybe that paper that's on your wall, you feel like that defines you, or the, the medals that you won, the trophies that you've won, uh, what has happened to you, where have you been, what you wear. A lot of times we get all mixed up and we fall into this lies that these things define us. When really, if we are in Christ, our identity is this. Here's how I define your identity. It's in your notes. Your identity, if you're in Christ today, it's the person you really are as defined by God. You do not set your identity. God has already set your identity today. But we fall into problems. We have difficulties and challenges in life because we buy into the lie. Every day, we talk about the battle of the mind. Every day, Satan is trying to get into our mind and he's, he's throwing out lies to us. And one of the lies I want to address today is that lie that you're not good enough. I'm not good enough. I, I want you to know, I, I fall for this lie all the time. I, I fall into that lie that I'm, I'm not a good enough husband. I'm not, I'm failing as a father. Even, even our kids are, are out of the house. I feel like I'm, I'm failing sometimes. I feel like I'm, at times I, I fall into this trap. I feel like I'm failing as a pastor. In fact, I would say this, one of my, one of my biggest insecurities is that I struggle sometimes of whether I'm being a good enough leader that God has called me. And whether I'm doing enough or whether I'm, I'm good enough. You ever fall into that trap? You ever wrestle with whether you're good enough before? Craig Rochelle says this in his, in his book. He says, a lie believed as truth will affect you as if it were true. Let me say that one more time. A lie believed as truth will affect you as if it were true. Well, growing up, I've talked about this, talk about my family. I grew up in a family of six kids. I was number five. I was the victim in the family. Just want to establish that if I haven't already but my brothers used to do this thing, and I would fall for it every single time. Hey, it would start like this. They're sitting on the couch, and it, hey, Sheldon, come here. And I just, you know, I like, like a good puppy dog or whatever, and like, yeah, hey, what do you want? Dude, I will give you a whole dollar. I'll give you a whole dollar if you run in down to the basement, da-da-da-da, usually do a chore for them that mom had told them to do. I'll give you a whole dollar. And if you do it within this amount of time, I'll give you a whole dollar if you do it. <laughs> Boom. You know how much, you know how much, back in the day, how much you could buy for one whole dollar? Oh my word, one dollar? Are you serious? Boom, on your market set, and they would like, you know, their watch. Go. And I would run, and I gotta get a whole dollar. That's all I'm thinking about getting that dollar. Like, where's that thing that they want me to get? And like, I got that thing. And I'm like, God, how much time? And I'm counting in my mind. And I get up there, uh, you didn't do it fast enough. But here, give me the thing. Dude, you're not gonna give me a dollar? Sorry, dude. We, like, we made a deal. Next day, hey, Sheldon, come here. Dude, there's a dollar out there. There's a doubt. And I begin to fall for the lie. I don't know why I did it. Maybe it was the competition or whatever, but I never got that dollar. How many of you, how many other victims, brothers and young brothers and sisters, you fell for the same lie, thinking that it was the truth? And I knew it. I knew they wouldn't pay up. 
but I wished it. I wanted to believe the lie as if it were true because I wanted that dollar, all the things that I could do for that, that dollar. And some of you are living that same way today. Some of you, you know, you know that you're falling for a lie, but only one day maybe it will be true and I'll get that dollar. I just want it to be true so badly. And so we just keep falling for the lie. Here's one of the lies. Here's a couple of the lies that we fall for. We fall for the lie about our self-worth. We, we, what, we, we believe what people say about us is true. We believe that our self-worth is based on our perceived abilities. You know what your perceived abilities are. You, you're like, I, you know, I know what I'm good at and I know what I'm bad at, okay? So that, that I'm just kind of, I live within that realm, all right? And I know I could never do that, and I know I could never do that. I'm just my perceived abilities, and that's my definition. But we, and so therefore, we never push ourselves because we stay within those boundaries. Or we believe that our self-worth is based on our past experiences, things that have happened to us in the past. Maybe you're here today, and, and you grew up in a home that you would say was kind of disadvantaged, you never had a lot, and so you believe that you never will have a lot, that, that no one in your family amounted to much, nobody went to college or did anything like that, and, and so that's, that's how you're gonna wind up. You're, you're just average, and just accept that. Don't, don't try to go any farther, okay? Maybe you're here today, and your past is, a, you had this vision of a perfect marriage, and one day you awoke up and you were no longer married. You swore that you would never do like your parents did and get that, you know, you, you didn't even say the D word. And you wake up one day and you're divorced. And you feel like such a failure because after all, God hates divorce. You failed. You, you couldn't hold your marriage together. And that's defining you today. Maybe you're here today and, and somebody, when you were younger, took advantage of you. And you believe that you were the one who did that, that what was wrong, that you brought that on yourself, that what happened to you was your fault. And today it's left you feeling shame and guilt and heartache. And it's caused a lot of pain in your life. And you just feel like you're not good enough. Can you relate to that this morning? Feeling like I'm not good enough? You know, when we look throughout the Bible, we can see, that's, I love that about the Bible, because we see just ordinary people, just like you, just like I. Just, just, just look at your neighbor right now. and say, he's talking about ordinary people, just like you, just like me. And so we have in the Bible, ordinary people, we had this ordinary man, just his name, Moses. And maybe you heard of Moses, just an ordinary guy. And so in Exodus chapter three and four, what we have here is God is looking down at the Israelite nation and he's seeing them enslaved by the Egyptians and his heart is broken. And I just want you to know, God still looks down on the earth and his heart is still broken, especially people who are oppressed, who have been wounded, 
who have been brokenhearted, God still looks down and his heart is still touched. And God says to Moses, Moses, I'm going to call you. He tells Moses, I've seen the oppression of the Israelites and I'm going to rescue them out of their slavery and I'm going to take them and I'm going to lead them to a promised land. And Moses is like, you go get them, God. And then God says to Moses, and I'm going to do it through you. Ah, uh, yeah. See, I hear what you're saying, God, but I'm not that good. In fact, I'm not good enough. Look at, it, at Exodus 3, verse 10. God says, now go, for I'm sending you. Get time out here. This is a face-to-face conversation with God. Remember that whole, have you ever seen the movie, that whole burning bush moment This is God speaking to Moses, okay? Just want to clarify. This is like a a conversation that maybe you had this morning. Moses, I want you to go, for I'm sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people out of Egypt, okay? Time out here, time out. Just pause here for a second. I, the, the Bible, I read, I see this happen all the time, and I love this that God would use ordinary people just like you, just like me, to do extraordinary things. In fact, you'll see some of the greatest works of God done through people just like you, just like me. So when we read about these superheroes in the Bible, I want you to put yourself in that place that God could be calling me to impact the 715. Maybe God is calling me to lead the 715 out of oppression and into a, 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 an into life change relationship with him. Verse 11. But, you, you always know when it's gonna start with a but, it's always an excuse. Moses got a big but here. No pun intended, but that was fun to say in church. <laughs> but, everybody say but. Didn't it feel good to say that? (laughs) But Moses protested to God, who am I? Who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people out of Israel, out of Egypt? Have you ever said that to God before? Who am I? In other words, what we're saying when we say who am I, we're saying I don't have, I don't have the resources. I don't have the education. I don't have the money. I, I, in fact, if you know the story of Moses, you know that he's a convicted criminal and he's on the run. If I go back, I'll be thrown into jail. I, I, I'm just a nobody. I'm just a shepherd boy out here. I, you, you got the wrong person, God. God, I know you don't make mistakes, but this one, I got to challenge you on that one. Who am I? See, what Moses was doing was questioning his identity. Verse 12, God answered, Moses, I will be with you. And this is your sign that I am the one who sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God at this very mountain. I'm telling you, Moses, you follow through with this. You're going to see me show up, and and this is going to be shown. And so God reassures Moses, you won't be alone in this. I will give you all that you need. You just do your part and watch me do this part. I heard somebody say this before. You just do the natural, and I'll do the super. 
okay? Moses, you do the natural. You do what I do, what I told you to do in the natural, and I will show up and I will do the super, the supernatural. I love that. But then Moses still turns us back to his inadequacies. Verse 10, but, everybody say but again. And there's the big but. But Moses pleaded with the Lord, oh Lord, I'm not very good with words. I never have been, and I'm not now. Even though you have spoken to me, I get tongue-tied and my words were tangled. Where, where did that come from? Did, did Moses, when he was growing up in these Egyptian schools, did he go to speech class and he'd get up and he'd make his presentations and everybody started laughing at him. He did a lousy job and everybody said, you're a lousy speaker. You'll never do good in front of people. Is that where that came from? Is that where it came from in your life? Oh, pastor, don't ever ask me to come up forward. I'm not good at that. There's a, a pastor that I like to listen to his podcast. His name is Chris Hodges. Church of the Highlands in Birmingham, Alabama. It's just going gangbusters. I really have a, a lot of respect for this pastor, a, a good, solid, biblical leader. Went to college to be an accountant. Took a speech class. It was part of the, part of the requisite. He had to take a speech class and flunked a speech class like miserably. That must be God confirming that I should never like be in front of people or anything like that. So all, all his life, he struggled. I just, I'm not really the best in front of people. God called Chris Hodges to start a church in Birmingham, Alabama, starting in 2001. Since 2001, Church of the Highlands has planted 23 campuses throughout that part of the country. Some 38,000 people are in church attendance today because this guy said, I'm not gonna let that define me. That is not my identity. I don't feel comfortable. I, I don't feel like that's my gifting, but I'm gonna follow God. I'm gonna trust him and his calling. You see, God saw the potential in Chris Hodges. Chris Hodges just had to see what God was seeing. God saw the potential in Moses. Moses just had to see what God was seeing. Look at this, verse 11 and 12. Then the Lord asked Moses, who makes a person's mouth? Who decides whether people speak or do not speak, hear or do not hear, see or do not see? Is it not I, the Lord, now go, Moses, stop making excuses. I will be with you as you speak and I will instruct you in what to say. You see, God reassures Moses, I, listen to me, whatever God has called you to do, I, God says to you, I will work through your weaknesses. I'll work through your weaknesses. You gotta trust me. And Moses' response but, there's that but again. Isn't that interesting? Every time he's got a rebuttal, it starts with a but. But Moses pleaded again, Lord, please send someone else. Why? Because I'm just not good enough. I'm not good enough. You see, when we believe this about ourselves, we come up with these kind of conclusions. We, 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 think, we say things like, since I'm not good enough, I can't make a difference. Why should I even try? I'm average. I fail at everything that I do. I simply am not 
good enough. I want you to know this morning. Listen, you need to know this. If you are a follower of Jesus, you need to hear this loud and clear. You do need to understand that there is, you are called for a purpose, and that purpose is life change. So there is a calling on each person in this room who raised their hand earlier. And I, I like to say each person who's raised their hand, you, if you're a Christ follower today, you're watching online, you understand you are, what God says, you are a minister and you are a missionary. A minister is somebody who meets somebody's needs. A missionary is somebody who proclaims the message of Jesus. We are called to meet needs and share people, share God's love about Jesus. So each and every person. Can I have all of the ministers slash missionaries raise your hands right now? You are an M&M. Just look at your neighbor and say, you're looking at an M&M. I should be on an M&M commercial. I will be in one of those M&Ms. I melt in your mouth, not in your hands. You are called by God. Number two, you are gifted for significance because God has gifted you. He's empowered you with a spiritual gift to use for that calling. And number three, through Christ. Everybody say, through Christ. Through Christ. Not through yourself, not on your own. Through Christ, you are more than enough. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm more than enough. I'm more than enough. Whatever God has called me to do, I'm more than enough. So what does God say about you? Number one, Three things that you need to know that God says about you. Number one, you are called by Christ. We're gonna go back to calling here. You're called by Christ. What is a calling? When somebody has a calling on their life, in other words, God has spoken to someone and they called them to do something specific. At age, at age 17, at a youth camp, that's why it's so important, parents, to send your children to camp. I've had, I would say I'm here today because of my experience from youth camp. God called me into full-time ministry. I knew from age 17 I was called by God to be a pastor. I knew it. And so all I needed to do was take the steps of obedience. I needed to not be like Moses and give him a bunch of butts, but get my butt in gear and follow what God has called me to do. I want you to know, each and every one of you, there's a calling on your life, a calling on your life. 1 Peter 5.10 says, in his kindness, God called you to his eternal glory by means Jesus Christ. This morning, I'm going to ask a young man to come up to the platform. Come on up here, Zach. This is Zach Denzine. He is a young man who grew up. Yeah, give him a hand. We are, I'm announcing today that Zach is signed up to be a one-year intern for Thrive Church. Isn't that awesome? And why did, why did we do that? Because Zach came back from youth convention and just shared with me, shared with us that he's got a calling on his life. I'm gonna ask Zach. Zach, I got a couple questions. I want you to tell us briefly here about your faith journey growing up here in Thrive Church. Go ahead. All right. Um, I guess a lot of it started off with the events. I mean, camp and convention has been a part of my life since I started coming to this church, and it was really huge for me. And um, I remember just this last year when we went to the last um, uh camp down at Spencer Lake, um, there's a, the speaker there was Terrence Talley, and um, you know, he spoke a lot to me, and there was a 
there was just the Wednesday night there was really huge for us, and um, I mean there was a lot of a lot of emotions and a lot of you know just so much people giving themselves at the altar, and I felt called that day to you know step out my comfort zone and pray for people, and I remember I mean I stayed at that that Wednesday night for an extra like hour and a half and just started praying for people that were around the room and it really just it really kicked me in the gear to start what I was doing and what I wanted to do because I mean from everything I've been through at this church with the people I've met and people of God that the people that God has put in my life just it was it made the moves really really easy for me yeah so you went to camp and you had this God moment so it was, was it Terrence who called you to ministry? Is, is that how it happened? Terrence said, hey, if you want to be in the ministry, I'm calling you, or how did you know it was God? Um, well, there was, there was a segment where um, people were coming up, and we were all uh, uh, you know, at the altar at the end of his message, and there's people coming up to a specific group going out of their comfort zone for you know, people struggling with all these different addictions. And there was a moment where... Um, he asked us to kind of take a moment of silence and you know give yourself to God and ask what He's do. He asked what He wants you to do in your life, and uh, I took a second. I I you know kneeled at the altar and I, I felt called to just go across the room on the other side of the room and start praying for people. And um, while I was praying praying for some girl that was sitting by the door, um, I just kind of I kind of knew, kind of got in my, in my head. I just I knew this is what I wanted to do. Yeah, you know, this is what God called you to do. So this makes no sense to me because you've shared with me, you went to school for construction and you've been working with construction and all that. Not only that, you just graduated from high school, so you don't have the experience. You don't have really the abilities to do this. Are you following me? I'm trying to come up with some butts here. You know, these are some butts. How, how, do, you, how do you get through the butts? Oh, um, gosh. I think a lot of it. How do you get the butts out of the way? <laughs> really causing problems is, is here. Through the people I've met here. Like I said, I came came here when I was really young. Um, a good friend of mine and still is, um, Trent Gino. He brought me here. Um, he's in college now, but he brought me here and connected me with people like Garrett and like Michael. And time out. You didn't you didn't grow up in the church, but you came. Somebody invited you to come yeah. to church. Yeah. I was. Ooh. Maybe like 11, and invited it, me to you, come. It, and then you accepted Jesus because somebody invited you to come to church? Right. And now you're going to be a full-time minister? That's the plan. <laughs> did, did, did you see that? I, I, not in Christ, but a Christ follower came and ministered to me and invited me to come. And I came and I heard... I came and I received. I went deeper in my faith journey. I grew in my faith journey. I, so let's just follow this. I connected, let's, there's words on the wall over here, our strategy for the church. I connected with Jesus. I began to grow in my faith and now I feel calling to serve in ministry. Crazy. I've never heard of such a thing. <laughs> Dude, I'm so proud of you. And so, so what is your plan from here? How do, how do you move forward in this? Well, the plan, like I said, with everything I did with the construction, I did the construction since I was 13. And at that point, I knew what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. And 
everything that kind of happened within the last year and a half, um, God kind of just pushed me in the direction that he wanted me to go in, which is, um, you know, being an intern and, you know, doing this for the rest of my life. But um, I, think, I think a lot of it was just, uh, it, was, it was just a lot of God pushing me in the right direction. And, and you being obedient. Right. You being obedient. So here's what we're committed to, Zach, what we're going to do. And this year, we're going to put him in ministry opportunities to grow in his faith journey. But also, we are committing to pay for his schooling so that he can become a credentialed minister. Thank you, God. Can we just, can you just put your hands forward right now? We want to pray for Zach in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, this calling you have placed on Zach's life, Lord. And God, we know you have plans for him. And Lord, I thank you for the obedience, the step of obedience that he is willing to take from here forward. And God, we know that Satan is going to come and try to distract and try to lie, but we reject Satan in Jesus' name. Lord, we pray that you would raise him up to be the life-giving follower of Jesus you've called him to be. In Jesus' name, we thank you for his story. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen, amen. Appreciate you, Zach. We're proud of you, man. Man. Let that, let that be your story. Maybe, and again, you know, all of us, again, are called to full-time ministry. Let me continue on here. Because it says here, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5, 18 through 19, I believe that God is speaking to Thrive Church when he says this. Listen to me. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against him. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. Verse 20, so we, so we, so me, everybody say, so me. So me, I am Christ, ambassador. God is making his appeal through me. And I speak for Christ when I plead, come back to God. So what, what Paul just said here is you are an ambassador. If you're a life-giving follower of Jesus, you are an ambassador. You are a minister and a missionary. And you got a message. You see, an ambassador is somebody who represents Somebody who goes and lives in a foreign land and they represent. See, all of us, we are living in a foreign land here. Living in a foreign land, this is not our home. We're gonna go, one of these days, we're gonna go home, an eternal, eternity home that we're gonna live in. But we have this message of reconciliation. Let, 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 me, let me explain reconciliation. Reconciliation means that, the, that a bro, there was a relationship and it was broken. Whatever happened, it was broken. And now this relationship that was like this is now like this. Maybe, again, that explains, I had a marriage like that one time. And we may have never got divorced, but it's still like this. For some of you right now, the thing that your marriage needs is some reconciliation. Something was broken. And reconciliation means that those two pieces came back together, and now they're better than new. So, so, so when we are without Christ, when we are out there living in our sin nature, we are saying, God, I don't need you. I, I want to live on my own. I want to do my own thing. And remember Adam and Eve, they did that same thing. 
And so Jesus came with the, the, the message of reconciliation. Hey, 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 I, 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 let me help you be reconnected with God. And through the cross, through Jesus' work on the cross, we can now live in reconciliation with God. And so if you've accepted Christ in your heart as your Lord and Savior, you are now reconciled with God. And now we have this same message like, hey, hey, don't live apart from God. Live in connection with God. And so we are ambassadors in this strange land called to bring people, to reconcile people, help them reconcile their relationship with God. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? So you have a calling. You have a calling on your life. And Zach just happens to be called to be a full-time pastor, spiritual leader. But you have a calling in your workplace. You have a calling in your home. You have a calling in your neighborhood. You are called by Christ. Number two, you are capable through Christ. You see, Satan's goal is to convince you not to pursue this calling. Satan, you remember, you're not good enough. You're, if you try to invite your neighbor, Zach, he'll, he'll only say no. So why would you even invite him? He, he doesn't, he, he's not even interested in this God thing. If you invite your neighbor, Zach, he'll just make fun of you. So just why even try? That's what Satan tries to do. Da, 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 da. Great book, Stephen Furtick, book called Crash the Chatterbox. Da, 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 da. That's what Satan is, this chatterbox. chatterbox. But God, God's word tells us differently. Because Paul tells us, and in this famous scripture verse, Philippians 4.13, he says, I, you know what? I can. You can. Do everything that God has called you to do through Christ. Everybody say, through Christ. You can. You can. You are good enough through Christ who gives you strength. You're capable. He gives you the strength that you need. You know, he, again, I talked about, I, I kind of joke about it, but some seriousness to it. I always grew up in school and in my home, just feeling like I wasn't smart enough. And I had some friends, I don't know if they were friends, but I had some bullies who reinforced it, and I definitely had some brothers who reinforced that thinking in my mind. And I always grew up just, I'm not good. I'm not good at school, so why even try? And, and through grade school and, 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 and middle school, high school, even in the college, I just... I would just, I'm not even, I'm not, why even try? I'm not even good. Just eh, forget it. That was my attitude, and that was buying into the lie. Until I got out of college, graduate, you don't want to know my GPA, I got the diploma, all right? And God just began to work on me. I'm, he began to tell me, you are not who you think you are. And I begin to learn, and I begin to grow, and I begin to discover. I'm so much more through Christ. I am. I am. I'm so much more. And I, I mean, I'm the, I've, I've said this before, but I'm proud of this fact. I'm the only person in my family to get a master's degree, and I pointed that out to my brothers many times. I didn't do it on my own. I had to discover who I was through Christ. Through Christ, I can do everything. Here's a secret. Through Christ, 
you can do everything that he's called you to do through him who gives you strength. And therefore, we can have confidence. Paul tells us this, such confidence as this is ours through Christ. Everybody say, through Christ. We can have confidence before God that we, that, that what, that, not that we are competent in ourselves, but our confidence comes from God. Our confidence. Our confidence that if God has called you, he will provide. That through him, we are good enough. I'm almost finished here. What does God say about you? Number one, you are called by Christ. Number two, you're capable through Christ. Number three, you are complete in Christ. Absolutely complete. In other words, complete means you have everything that you need. Everything you need. Okay, here, here's a movie. The movie. Have you ever, have you ever seen the movie Jerry Maguire? Jerry Maguire. You got a lot, of, a lot of taglines there. Okay, let me see if you, you know this tagline. I'll start it and then you finish it. Remember that one part, that football player that he's working with and he's yelling at Jerry, he's yelling on the phone and he says, show me the money. Oh my goodness, okay, all right, okay. So then his marriage is kind of broken and it needs to be reconciled and he has some situations where he comes in to, to where, where his wife is at, and his wife is having kind of a, a he woman's man hating club meeting, okay, telling how just terrible their husbands and their boyfriends are. And Jerry walks in and he's, and he's looking at his wife across the room, and he's beginning to explain how much he, he needs her. He's got those intimate eyes. He looks right into her eyes and he says, You. Complete me. And she says, shut up. You had me at. Hello. <laughs> yeah. You guys know that movie all too well. You complete me. And here's the lie that we can believe. That if I only had a husband like that, would speak to me like that, he would complete me. If I only had a, a husband, that would complete me. If I only had a better job, if I only had won that 2.4 billion lottery winning, that would complete me. And we've all have fallen for that lie. And that's one of the reasons why we just feel like we're not good enough because we discover it doesn't work because Jesus is the only one who can complete us. Paul tells us this, for in Christ lives all the fullness of God in human body. So you also are complete through your reunion, through your relationship with Christ who is the head over every ruler and authority. You see that word complete? When it's used in the New Testament, it usually comes in the form, it's a Greek word that refers to a ship. And, it, and not only just a regular ship, but it's a ship that is fully manned. I mean, it is, it, 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 everybody is on, everybody's doing their part. Just envision a church like that. We got, we're, we're, we're moving forward. We, we believe every person has a place on this ship, Okay. But this ship is fully manned and is fully fueled and it is moving forward. 
It has everything that it needs to get to the next destination. Years ago, I, I, I had this picture, and I, man, I, I, it's like in my box of stuff. And, and I, had this, I had this picture, and it just, it meant so much to me as a young man. And I think what Paul is saying to us, you are that ship. And Jesus is the captain. And, he, and, he, and, and, and he's helping me. And the Holy Spirit is the wind that propels the ship forward. And Jesus says, listen to me. I will provide all that you need. I am the only one. I'm the only thing that can complete you. Stop trying to find it in someone else. Stop trying to find it in your work. Try, stop trying to find it in someone else. Stop trying to find it in your spouse or in your child, in your workplace. I am the only one who completes you. And this is how, that's the picture, put that picture up there once again. That, that, this is how I want to live my life. Jesus completing me. 2 Peter 1.3, his divine power has given us everything we need to complete us for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. So I wanna ask you this morning as I close out this message, I wanna ask you that question. Are you here today wrestling whether, whether you are good enough? Just, man, I just, I'm not good enough. I've, why even try? Have you given up? Maybe you gave up too soon. Understand this morning what God says about you. We've heard the chatterbox tell us enough. We need to learn to shut out that voice and understand that you are called by Christ. There's a purpose and a plan for your life. Number two, if God gives you a plan and a purpose, you're capable through Christ. You can, through Christ, do the impossible. You just start by doing the natural and trust God for the super and watch him show up. Number three, you're complete in Christ. You have been given everything that you need to fulfill this mission. I'm gonna pray for you in just a moment. But I wanna ask you, any of you here today, anybody watching online, have you Put yourself in Christ. Have you accepted him as your Lord and Savior? And if you've not done that, that is the main thing. Have you allowed your relationship with God to be reconciled? And you can do that with me right here, right now. Everybody just bow your heads with me. If you're watching online, just pray with me. Just say, God, oh, just like we sang earlier, my God, I need you. And I'm asking you today, to come and live inside of me. I'm asking you today to complete me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Forgive me of my sins. I choose today to live for you. Oh God, my God, I need you. In Jesus' name I pray.